I was recently a part of a group of people who were working towards establishing a new vision, mission, and values for their organization. I was super excited to be a part of it because I really want to see this organization thrive with the new leadership that recently took the helm. Anytime you want to know where you want to go as an organization or as an individual, you have to start by asking questions about where you're at. We asked a lot of questions like, what are the characteristics that the organization should be known for? And what makes this organization unique? Why would people want to be a part of it over another one? I witnessed a question come up between what matters more, professionalism or passion. And I thought about this for a few weeks, asking myself where I stood on this issue, doing some deep dives and research, and I'm ready to talk about what I've come up with. In today's episode, I'll share my perspective on professionalism versus passion. I'll give you some ways to define each of those terms, and I'll provide you with some reasons why I landed on the conclusion that I did. We feel like it's up to us to hold the line as we like this spark within ourselves. It comes from way deep down inside. We're so sick of the status quo. We are here to let you know. Unaddressed problems are a liability. Core values, the brotherhood you need. Accountability. Ignited, we stand. Ignited, we fall. Remember. When you're identifying your vision, you should be thinking about an ultimate destination, figuratively and or literally. When you're identifying your mission, you should be thinking about how you will get there. Then ultimately, your values are those inherent things that make the journey unique and pleasurable. For example, if you're planning a trip, you need to do some preliminary groundwork and ask yourself questions like, where is it that I'd like to go? Where am I at? And where is it that I would like to go? Right. And in this case, let's say your plan is to take the family to Disneyland. That's your vision. Then you need to identify how you will get there. Will you drive or will you fly? And what are the costs and logistics involved with those things? That is your mission. Your mission is how you will get there. Let's get even more specific. What are the things that you will do along the way to make your trip not only unique, but more enjoyable? Will you bring your headphones showing that music, podcasts, or movies are valuable to you? Or maybe just like the silence, right? <laughs> will you bring snacks? And if so, will you share those snacks? When you get there, how will you spend your time away from the park? Will you go to the beach because it holds a special place in your family's heart? Will you visit a certain restaurant out of tradition? Those details that you find valuable that will add uniqueness to your trip are what you find valuable and can be related to an organization's or a person's core values. So your vision is that you want to go to Disneyland. Your mission is that you'll drive there. And your core values 
are all those little ancillary things that you'll do on the way. Now you could ultimately just head out and start driving with no real plan in place, right? Just tap maps and or ask Siri to take you to Disneyland. But let me paint that picture and remove all of the elements that I just mentioned. You walk out the door with your family with no real plan on the route to get to Disneyland. You keep the radio silent the whole way. Oh, and no talking to each other either. Just silence, driving, the whole way. Also, when you get to Disneyland, you go in, you just kind of stroll around without a plan, and maybe even sit on a bench for a few hours. Did you ultimately accomplish your goal? And are your kids going to be happy with that? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, you went to Disneyland, but does that trip sound like any fun at all? It absolutely sounds like the worst to me. I mean, maybe not the worst trip, but the worst experience in regards to that specific vision, mission, and values, right? I mean, you've jumped through the hoops though, right? According to this like bare bones trip, you, you drove to Disneyland, you got there, you didn't listen to any music or anything the whole way, no talking. You got there, you walked around, you sat on a bench, you maybe meandered around the park a little bit. So yeah, you've jumped through the hoops and you've checked the boxes. You did the thing, right? You took a trip to Disneyland. But did you have a fulfilling and unique experience? Is it memorable for the right reasons? Is it something that people would actively want to be a part of? I know it isn't for me, but I really want to focus on the core values section of this picture that I've painted or the quote snacks, if you will. These are the things unique to your family or your organization that are really going to attract the right people. And it's honestly going to keep the wrong ones away. It'll bring the right people in and keep the wrong ones away, ensuring that you add to your culture rather than bring in people who would destroy it. One of the snacks or values that was brought up in this uh, organization's mission, vision, and values meeting was passion. And I immediately perked up. I got behind this value because I know that without passion, anything that I do in life is just me going through the motions and ultimately is not fulfilling. Another great quality that was brought up was professionalism. And both are great qualities for an organization to have. But when it comes down to these two, professionalism versus passion, which one do you personally think is more important? I'll give you a little time on this one. Which one is more important? Do you think they're mutually exclusive? Do you think that as long as your people are professional, passion can be sacrificed? Do you think that if you focus on passion, that professionalism would go out the window? These are all questions to ask. These are questions I asked myself. And ultimately, that was the question it came down to. They were trying to identify their core values. And it came down to professionalism versus passion. Ultimately, the organizational leaders landed on professionalism over passion. And this made me shake my head and feel like they just disregarded a huge opportunity to focus on the people 
that make up the organization according to their unique interests and abilities rather than becoming a robot and just kind of checking the box. Um, this spoke to like actual diversity, right? Actual diversity in, in interests and abilities and thoughts and passions. And I felt like landing on professionalism completely disregarded that. What they did was they chose professionalism and they did so because they said that at those 3 a.m. calls when the patient might be covered in poop and <laughs> is treating you like crap. I mean, that's kind of like a, is that a double entendre? I don't know. Poop, crap. But anyway, it's professionalism that gets you through that call, not passion. That was the argument that was made. Now, thinking about that, I disagreed with them. Like, I'm not passionate about subjecting myself to someone covered in poop and being treated like crap. I'm passionate about treating people with respect. I'm passionate about helping people in their time of need. And as a result, I felt that the professionalism was born as a natural byproduct. But anyway, I digress a little bit. Uh, they said that professionalism is what gets you through that call. And that may be, however, those calls are minimal. When you think about all the other times we run on legit calls or just spend time together as a crew, not doing any, not running any calls at all. In the majority of the other moments, it's our passion for the job that makes us the people that others would want on their crew. You can be professional. You can get paid to do a job. You can come to work, clock in, not injure anyone, perform adequately, like at the bare, mo bare bones adequately, and not be a liability to the organization. You can absolutely do that. You can be a professional, come to work, do your job, go home. But to me, that sounds like a robot. And I don't want a robot on my crew. The way I see it, Again, if you're passionate about what you're doing, professionalism comes as a natural byproduct. We can't really start this conversation or continue this conversation until we've clearly defined the terms. So in that spirit, I'll define the terms here as, uh, as I see them and as I've, I've discovered them. I did some deep dives. I did some, you know, English Oxford Dictionary, some Merriam-Webster definitions, but there were two definitions that I found when I, when I searched the term professionalism on the web, and these are the two. This one's from Merriam-Webster. They define professionalism as the skill, good judgment, and polite behavior that is expected from a person who is trained to do a job well. Now, isn't, doesn't that sound like the very bare minimum like the status, literally the status quo, the bare minimum that you are required to do by an organization that pays you to do a job. That's what this definition says to me, the bare minimum that we're, that we're focused, not only just going to do the bare minimum, but we're focused on doing the bare minimum. It's got an upper limiting effect. If you ask me now, listen to this UK Academy definition. It's very British, very British. It stated that uh, professionalism is commonly understood as an individual's adherence to a set of standards, code of conduct, or collection of qualities that characterize accepted practice within a particular area of activity. 
He literally said the same exact thing that the Merriam-Webster definition said, just a little bit more uh, beautiful, I guess, maybe a little bit more elaborate. I guess I could have done it in a British accent, but you guys probably stopped listening to the show if I did that. <laughs> so how do we define passion? In order to define this term, I'd like to do something I haven't done before in this show. I'm going to do a Google search right now, live, for quotes on passion, and I'm going to see what comes up. All right. I'm going to click on images because I want to see the quotes and the definitions that come up here. All right. So we've got a lot of quotes from a lot of different people. Oprah Winfrey says, passion is energy. Feel the power that comes from focusing on what excites you. Let's see. What else do we have here? We've got nothing is as important as passion. No matter what you want to do with your life, be passionate. John Bon Jovi said that one. That's a passionate guy. The guy runs a, a free uh, cafe for homeless and struggling people, like in New York, I believe. I'm not sure if that's where it is, but the guy's passionate about what he does. Uh, this one says, chase your passion, not your pension. Hmm, interesting. How often do we see people uh, stacking their or spiking their pensions and then retiring and then having a heart attack within the first six months. We literally have had, I have personally witnessed two chief officers retire in the last year and within six months have had quadruple, uh, double or quadruple bypasses due to severe heart attacks that they've had. And it's kind of like, was it worth it? That's the question, isn't it? Uh, let's see. What else do we have? A great leader's courage. Ooh, this is a good one. A great leader's courage to fulfill his vision comes from passion, not position. And that's John C. Maxwell. That guy is like the foremost authority. The guy's written like 20 books or something on leadership. Uh, different kinds of leadership, passion, teamwork, all of that stuff. Let's see here. If you don't love what you do, you won't do it with much conviction or passion. Yeah, I agree with that. People with great passion can make the impossible happen. Boy, how true is that? How true is that? You don't, you don't witness people who are changing the world be dispassionate about what they're doing. They're passionate about what they're doing. They're drawing hard lines in the sand and people hate them for it. But you know what? They're the doers. They're the ones in the arena. They're the ones making moves. They're the Elon Musks. They are the Steve Jobs. And it, for however anybody wanted to criticize Steve Jobs for what a dickhead he was or whatnot, look what the guy accomplished. And let's take Elon Musk. You know, people are making fun of him for having a lot of kids and this and that. And it's like, look what he is accomplishing. You want to minimize these people because their passion is bigger than you. And yet, look what these people are putting out into the world. It, it's amazing. So there's a lot of different definitions that are out there. Uh, I liked a lot of those quotes. The one that I like the most, I think, is a great leader's courage to fulfill his vision comes from passion, not position. This speaks to me because I'm merely a lowly firefighter, right? I'm not a captain. I'm not a company officer, not a lieutenant, not a chief, nothing. I'm just a lowly firefighter trying to do my best, trying to improve myself, and trying to be the firefighter I would want on my crew. 
And this rings true to me. A great leader's courage to fulfill his passion or to fulfill his vision comes from passion, not position. Anyway, moving on. I, I do not believe that professionalism and passion are equal. I don't. Uh, in fact, to me, passion ranks much higher on the hierarchy of qualities that I like in a person that I'd want to spend uh, time with, or I'd want within my sphere of influence, or I'd want on my crew. I think that you can be a professional without having passion. Yeah, I think you can. But I think that if you're passionate about what you do, the professionalism comes again as a natural and more organic byproduct. So allow me to do a little bit of a storytelling here when it comes to that. Back when Kobe was alive and playing basketball, he had the desire to be the best. This was driven by his passion for the game and his unquenchable thirst to win. If his team was required to practice at 8 a.m., Kobe would have already been there by 7. This was the passion that he brought to the team. He had that standard for himself that if, if the bare minimum is what was simply required of him, then he was going to amplify it. He wasn't going to do the bare minimum. He was going to do more than that. So imagine this. There are about 450 professional basketball players in the NBA. 450 people that get played or they get paid to play a game, right? 450 people that are considered, quote, professionals. They show up to practice. They run their drills. Then they do as their coach instructs comes game day. But out of all those players, Kobe stood out because his passion drove him to be the best that he could be. He wasn't trying to compete with anybody else. He was competing with himself every day. His level of professionalism was a natural byproduct of his passion. Which brings me to my point. Passion and professionalism are not mutually exclusive. But I tell you what, I want to be around people who are passionate on my crew and in my organization. Other than physical fitness, professionalism is the bare minimum requirement to be paid for the work that you do. If you're not professional and you get disciplined, that's the, that's the natural occurrence, right? If you are unprofessional in your skill or your interpersonal skills or whatever, like your tactical skill or uh, practical application, like if you cannot get IVs, then guess what? There's going to need to be a remediation. If you're a, if you're a paramedic and you cannot get IVs, there's going to be a remediation. There should be. There, there better be. Because if you're not holding your people to that standard, then guess what you're not doing? You're not holding people accountable. And then the standards drop. And then you become known as an organization that nobody wants to really be a part of because nobody's held accountable to a standard. You know, it attracts the wrong people. It attracts people who thrive in environments where there is no accountability. So they can do pretty much whatever they want and get away with it, knowing that they will not be held accountable. Then you find yourself in an organization where the majority of the people wearing the uniform that you wear are those people. They're the people that love getting away with stuff because they know they're not going to be held accountable. Oh, I can bring girlfriends to the station and do whatever I want here. Yeah, because uh, 
no one's going to hold you accountable. No one's going to hold you to that standard. So here's the question. Do you want to be basic or do you want to work in a certain way that sets your soul on fire? The interesting thing about all of this passion versus professionalism talk is that I don't even have to say Kobe's last name for you to know exactly who I'm talking about. It's his passion that made him stand out. Not his professionalism. It was his passion that created legions of fans that made him the man he was, that made him beloved. It was his passion for the game and doing it amazingly. It's those people with professional environments or within those professional environments that share their passion that light people on fire. What environment do you want to be in and be a part of? The environment that's okay with the status quo of come to work, do your job, don't get into trouble, or the environment that's full of passionate people who love what they do and seek out creative ways to share that passion. To me, Passion trumps professionalism, always, every single time. Can we be both professional and passionate? Absolutely. But being professional should never be looked at as more valuable than being passionate. And here are some reasons I believe this to be true. Number one, teams thrive in an environment where passion is held up. One of the quotes that popped up when I did my little Google search was by Howard Thurman, who was an American author, philosopher, theologian, mystic, educator, and civil rights leader. And he said, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Think about the people you spend your time with. Which ones give you energy? Which ones are energy vampires, like Colin Robinson on What We Do in the Shadows, right? If you're not watching that show, you should. It's hilarious. A team that may be rich in professionalism, but poor in passion, doesn't stand out as exemplary. When it comes to being a passionate member of your crew, are you an asset or a liability in that area? Number two, passion is contagious. A friend of mine once told me a great quote when it uh, comes to being passionate about what it is that you do. The quote was by a 17th century cleric by the name of John Wesley, and he said, light yourself on fire with passion, and people will come from miles to watch you burn. Now this resonates with me because I can think of numerous people I've been positively influenced by and inspired by that I've traveled miles to see or share in an experience with. We can all think of people who are in leadership positions who inspired us by their passionate leadership or brought down by their dispassionate ways. I don't know about you, but witnessing someone who's passionate in their craft is always inspiring. No one looks at the people who show up, collect a paycheck, and leave as sources of inspiration. Number three, passion perseveres. Anything I've ever tried to attempt in my life that has been of significance has come at the cost of trials, pain, and disappointment. For example, when I was working on getting hired with a fire service organization, it was a continual climb up a hill and then me losing my grip and falling back down the hillside or the, the hillside. 
it was challenging. It was difficult. Yeah, it was a repeated process of, of passionate attempts. But it was worth it. And if I wasn't passionate about what I felt I was supposed to do on this earth, I would have given up. When people aren't passionate about what they do, they will leverage their skills and basically become robots. Individuals who could be replaced without affecting the culture of the organization in any way. I think Gary Vaynerchuk said it best when he said, skills are cheap, passion is priceless. You can train a monkey to perform a task, but it takes special people who bring character and passion to the job that creates a culture you want to be a part of. It's that passion that makes you unique and attracts the right kind of people. If you're a passionate person who's looking to be a part of a cohort of people who are driven by self-improvement, then you should join my new program, The Forge. It's brand new, guys. I've been building and refining it over the past several months, and it's ready to launch. And initially, I called it the cadre, and I was looking to limit it to 12 people. However, I felt the change in name was needed because what we're doing within the group is working on refining ourselves within the uh, the four fire flow path categories, fitness, intellect, relationships, and energy. And through this process, we'll set and work toward goals on a quarterly basis. And uh, let me share with you a little bit uh, about the benefits of joining this exclusive group. So you'll get the quarterly goal tracking template that I've created uh, based on the fire flow path valued at $100. You'll get a 50-page workbook that I just finished completing. I'm super proud of, valued at $50. You'll get access to the private Facebook group and all the events and resources within. And you'll get a, a streamlined way to communicate with other members of the group. You'll get a book selection for study and discussion, valued at $25. I'm going to incorporate kind of like a mini book club within this group. So be ready. Uh, and weekly accountability meetings with me personally and other Forge members valued at $300. So all of that, I think that comes out to like $450 or something like that. But uh, it's it's not going to be that. It's not going to cost that. It's I'm, I'm doing the inaugural launch. Uh, anyone who's willing to join the inaugural launch, is uh, it's only $197 for the quarter. So join the ranks of others who are looking to become the firefighter they would want on their crew. And like I said, I'm offering special pricing for those who are willing to be a part of the inaugural launch. So DM me or click the link in the show notes to book a 15-minute call with me to learn more and join. We can lock you in before we launch on October 1st. I look forward to working with you inside the forge. One more thing before I sign off today, guys. I wrote a book called Own It. And in it, I give a systemic approach to building systems of trust and how to be active in holding yourself accountable so you can create a rock-solid culture where accountability isn't a bad word and trust thrives. You can get it on Kindle or in paperback on Amazon.com. Please get a copy and share with those you think support the idea of systems of accountability and how they will make us all better people. And as a result, better firefighters and better EMS professionals. That wraps it up for this episode of the Ignited Firefighter Podcast, guys. Click the link in the show notes and be a part of the growing community by joining the Ignited Firefighter Facebook group. This is where we can all contribute and share stories of what new things we're learning, along with anything else you want to share or inquire about. Thanks again. Until next time, if you see a need, 
own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.